Hello and welcome to Who You Don't See, the podcast which celebrates the people behind the stars. In this podcast, we chat to people you might not have heard of, but who are key to making the magic happen. So we'll hear from songwriters, fashion stylists, music video directors. Basically, if they work with a household name, this podcast exists to give you an insight into their world. I'm your host, Megan Lawton, a journalist, broadcaster and generally nosy person. And in this episode, I chat to celebrity makeup artist Maria Asadi. I was traveling not long ago, I was in the airport and I saw my work on a big billboard and I was like, oh my God, like, it just feels so good. And you feel so proud that you, you, were, part, you were part of that process. A quick scroll through Maria's Instagram shows she's worked her magic on some pretty big names. We're talking Nicole Scherzinger, Solange Knowles and even pop royalty Justin Bieber. Not only does she do the makeup for red carpet events, but magazine front covers, music videos, Nike advertising campaigns and the iconic Victoria's Secret fashion show. Most recently, Maria has been helping the Brit award-winning pop star Mabel with her glam, as well as global supermodel and Vogue cover star Jordan Dunn. Just before we were plunged into lockdown round two, I headed over to Maria's where we spoke about keeping calm when your hands are shaking with nerves and the art of getting a celebrity red carpet ready from the back of a taxi. Maria, thank you so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. So let's start with the basics. What would you say your job title is? Celebrity makeup artist. And is that a career you always chased? Did you spend chunks of time as a teenager applying makeup? Or how did you kind of realise that was what you wanted to do? So when I was in high school, um, I used to watch a channel called MTV Base a lot. And I used to be very obsessed with the music videos of the early 2000s. They were so beautiful. All the Aaliyahs, the Ashantis, the JLo's. Like if I think back to then, I think of like Blue Cantrell in Breathe and she's got this lilac frosty eyeshadow. Yes. And then she's got the blue contacts. So I remember, I know off by heart, every single music video makeup from that era. All the Aaliyah ones, um, there was a specific Aaliyah video called Try Again where she had this smoky eye and it was going into her temples. All of that I was super fascinated by as a teenager. I'd watch it over and over again and I remember what fascinated me about that was the makeup. Uh I had a really, really good friend who lived on the block next to me and we was really close. I would go back and forth to her house and she actually said, it herself she was like oh I want to be a makeup artist and I was like makeup artist then she told me the title of what it was that I was so interested in I just didn't know the name of it so I was like makeup artist that's what I want and you hadn't realized it was a career even a possible career yeah I'd not realized that it was a possible career I didn't they don't talk about it in school you know school's really really academic um so I was like that's it that's what I want to do so I would go after school into makeup stores, look at magazines and start to, my interest started from when I was 14, super young. And I'm really lucky that I knew what I wanted to do really earlier on, which means I had a bit of a head start. 
So these funky looks you were seeing on MTV Base, were you coming home and trying them out on yourself? I never really tried them out on myself, but I would try them out on friends. So I would go and buy makeup wherever I could, and I would try them on people, and I knew that I had something, because everyone would always say, oh, it looks so good, have you done such a good job? And I, yeah, I would... I would do that. So the girls would come to you before the school disco because they knew they'd get a look. Yeah, totally. And and my friend at the time was, she was really good at it because she was um, amazing at art in school. So me and her was like bouncing off each other. But then I think she didn't end up doing makeup long term. She just helped me with the, with the title of what it was, makeup artist. So you then know you want to be a makeup artist, but I can imagine it's not the kind of career where it's like, oh, you just do this qualification and then you do work experience here and then it happens. How do you actually make that happen? And how do you make being a celebrity makeup artist happen? Yeah, that's a really good question. So so when I was at school, I had like a Saturday job in hairdresser in Clapham and I would come in on Saturdays and Sundays and just shampoo hair. And there was this one session hairstylist who would work in the salon part-time, but he was very heavily in the industry doing session hair. And he does it to this day. He's really, really awesome. And um, yeah, so I said to him that I want to do, I want to do makeup and this is what I want to be. And he has been, what had advised me from really earlier on as to what I do and what the steps were and he would say well Maria you need to start assisting and I was like what's assisting and he would be like well you've got a contact makeup agencies and you've got to say I'm available to like assist makeup artists and assisting I was like well what's that what do you what what do I need to do it's like well you clean brushes you pass makeup you watch and learn, you do whatever they need you to do, and that's what you need to do. And he said, you need to start building your kit. So I was like, okay, so I would contact agencies, and I remember really clearly getting like no responses from from anyone because I had no experience and I had nothing to show, so I can't show you a portfolio of work. I'm literally at random, like at this point, messaging agents to assist their artists. So then I went to Adrian, I was like, Adrian, like what, what do I do now? Like no one, no one, I'm too young, I'm too new. Like I don't have enough experience to assist anyone at this point. He was like, okay, so you need to build a portfolio. And it's really hard for people starting out. So I really feel like I, empathize with is that the right word for new makeup artists because when you're first starting out it's really kind of it really is tricky like trying to open doors so adrian was um is adrian the guy adrian yeah shout out to adrian adrian (laughs) clark who's an amazing hairstylist and he does hair even even now he's awesome and he said well Maria you've got to, I don't know if he even remembers all of this but he's been such a help in my career he said well you've got to um you've got a shoot you've got to shoot you've got to build a portfolio you've got to build a kit and I was like but how like a kit costs so much money yeah, like make three pieces of makeup and you're already in 150 quid you know what I mean yeah 
And I was like, how, Adrian? Like, how? This, like, what do I do? And he was like, okay, we'll get a job at a makeup counter and build your kit through testers. Because when you work at makeup counters, I don't, obviously don't know what it's like now, but back then, um, you was able to have, like, products and they would give you, like, gratis, which was, like, products to take home and stuff like that. So gradually... I built my kit. I got my part-time job at Space NK. Okay, so it was decent makeup. It was home. really good quality makeup that I'm bringing mm-hmm. home. Really expensive stuff. Um, That's a good cheat, isn't it? That's a good cheat, yeah. And um, I was practicing through doing people's makeup on counter, which I think is the best um, best way to learn makeup because you're working with so many different skin tones so many different age ranges so you really get to do make like you really learn way more than i think you would possibly learn in a makeup school because your models are all kinds of skin tones and all kinds of age ranges and you're thinking on the spot you're thinking on the spot through the door that day yeah and then um so that helped me build my skills as a makeup artist learning on the job in a makeup counter and then how i'd built my portfolio was going to CSM, Central St. Martins, contacting photographers that are students, they're shooting fashion, they need a makeup artist. So we're all on the same level. And that's what it's about because you can't work with anyone too established because they're not going to want to work with you because you don't have nothing to show. So then I remember going to CSM and then shooting with the fashion photographers, which were really good. And I got such great images. So like that, I started to build my portfolio. Uh Um, That ticks off the kind of high fashion setting because the women who are modeling are looking fashion. Exactly. You've got great photographers as well because they're photographers in training. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I started to build my portfolio. That's how I started to build my skills. And that's how I built my kit. So it was like three things in one yeah so that was how I started it so you've got your kit ready you've got your portfolio how do you get your hands on a celebrity and does that first sort of transition work of course so um when I worked at this specific salon um and it's crazy because I never had any contacts or I never, my parents never worked in creative world. So it was really starting from the bottom or the scratch, from scratch. Um, there was a girl that I had worked with in the salon, which was, it was such an awesome place, this salon, um, who was friends with Florence and the Machine and a really awesome Radio 1 presenter who's a Radio 1 presenter now and back then we was everyone was new so everyone was starting out and Florence and the Machine was also really early on in uh-huh. her career kind of exciting crowd to be a part of such an exciting crowd to be a part of so I remember them saying oh can you shoot with um this amazing girl called Florence in the Machine. She wears like a red lip and pretty much natural. And I was like, yeah, of course I can. And then I went to this like massive studio. I think it was Shoreditch Studios at the time. And I remember thinking, I've assisted makeup artists in these studios and now I'm doing makeup yeah, in the studio. You're up. <laughs> I'm up. So, um, so yeah, that's how it started for me. And then I guess I started, um, started doing a, a celebrity, but then 
that time she was really early on so yeah and then little things through word of mouth and I tried to mix myself in with the right crowd I remember um do you know what was around then myspace yep so I remember hitting up this amazing stylist um who was styling um celebrities but she was styling celebrities that were quite small at the time so I wasn't going for I was really trying to stay within my league working your way up yeah working my way up you obviously can't go all the way to the top so bit by bit and I remember just saying hey I would love to work with you let's go for a coffee we went for a coffee and um, we became friends and became friendly and then we started to shoot together and then my thing was this I was always like I'm very good I know I'm good I just need the opportunities and it's so hard because if only these people just give me a chance they'll see that I am really good but how do I let them believe when they can't see when I don't have I remember feeling like yeah honestly all she's got to do is just see all she's got to do is see because it's not like now where you could have an Instagram account with all your work showcased on there oh my god Instagram is your portfolio nowadays isn't it so we didn't have access to stuff like that it was manual physical portfolios that you would go and get printed at the printers and MySpace that's all it was so then I started to work with that stylist and then she referred me to a few other celebrities my first celebrity I remember was another girl called Keisha White who was a musician then Uh and was doing really awesome then so yeah slowly and slowly that's how it started to build up for me so you start with Florence. Yeah. Give us an idea of the kind of people you've worked with since Florence. There are some big names <laughs> yeah, on your list. Yeah, there's big names. I work with such an awesome variety of people from Mabel. I've worked with Ray. I've worked with Jess Glynn, The Weeknd, Justin Bieber, Chanel Monet, um, Amanda Lustenberg. So I do a lot of actresses and musicians. Uh-huh. Um... I've done a few royal family members, not this royal family, Middle Eastern royal family. Wow. So it all um, it all varies. But yeah, I do work with a really good clientele now and I'm so grateful. The idea of doing makeup for someone in a royal family, wherever they are mm. in the world, the Middle Eastern royal family, even the idea of that makes me nervous. Yeah. Do you get nervous in those situations? I feel like, honestly speaking... When it comes to doing makeup, I'm, I don't get nervous because it's my comfort zone. It's where I, it's what I know best. And it's, you know you're good. Yeah, and I've got enough confidence to feel like, yeah, you know, I'm, I feel I'm confident in, in what I do. So actually doing makeup doesn't at all make me feel nervous. It's really exciting. It makes me feel really like, I just know if I'm ever nervous, if I do makeup, that is my that that helps me what's the word become like that's my comfort zone you thrive there i thrive there yeah so i don't get nervous doing makeup some things could make you nervous so whether there's you know a sort of tension in the room or mm-hmm. if someone's stressed or anything like that can make you a little bit nervous but then i've also got ways of dealing with that so if you are in that situation and there is tension in the room if I get nervous I get very like sweaty and I get like 
clammy, shaky hands. You're <laughs> you, you, hands yeah, you can't hide that. You are yeah. literally like five centimeters sometimes away from someone's yeah. face. How do you kind of disguise the fact that you are really nervous? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think everyone's got ways of disguising their nerves, but in our job, particularly, you can't really get we well, can't show nerves because you're 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 standing above someone doing their makeup so you need to be really strong and not nervous but i've got little ways of i first try to establish what is it that's making me nervous so mm-hmm. i identify what is it that's making me nervous so i know how to manage my nerves so um is it the fact that i don't have enough time is that making me nervous is it because we're just doing a huge event and the entire world is seeing it is yeah. that making me nervous so i identify what it is and then i would say little things to myself to make myself feel unnervous okay. and in control like- if it's something like if it's something like we've got 20 minutes to conduct a look, it would be like, well, do something simple so that you can conduct this look in 20 minutes. If it's something like the entire world is seeing it and it's probably like where we're doing a show and it's in the O2 arena, it might be something like, oh, wait, don't forget you've done this over and over and over again. Yep. So little things that you can say to yourself that make you unnervous. It's can just, you think yeah. of a time or a person you worked with that made you most nervous? Was it, I know you've kind of done Mabel's makeup for big yeah. shows. Has there been a particular event where you just remember being like, oh, this is a big deal and I'm stressed? Let me think about this one. You're such a pro. <laughs> yeah. I. What about doing Justin Bieber's makeup? That was exciting. So doing Justin Bieber, it was like a winter night. I got a call from New York at like, I think one o'clock in the morning, because they're like five hours behind. And um, his team was saying that Justin Bieber needs some grooming. And um, yeah, Justin Bieber needs some grooming. We'll send you a car, you'll get to here. It's just really minimal, like, and yeah. Did you think, is this a prank? Am I actually being asked to do Justin Bieber's makeup? No, I didn't think it was a prank, but I was really excited. I was like, okay, cool, this is exciting. So I put my little men's grooming kit together. Um, I got put like my primer, my moisturizer, all the things that I thought I would need for men's grooming. And I went to this studio in East London and it was like a really, it was really late. It was like two in the morning because they was doing something televised where he was accepting a Grammy and they had, it was on LA time. So it was really late here. And then it was going on TV like during the day in LA. And that was really awesome. I went into the studio, unpacked all my kit and then he came and he was awesome and so much fun, like so much fun. Um, and his whole team was fun and I was like ready to start doing the grooming to start priming the skin and he was like no no we just just a little bit of powder I was like great this is easy so I didn't do the steps that I would normally take which is like priming and moisturizing that was all too much so I just put a powder on him and he was really happy and we had really awesome banter okay he, yeah we had a lot of banter he is Beaver's got banter Beaver's got banter and he's fun <laughs> and super nice super nice yeah that was such a good experience 
So that's a shoot by the sounds of it gone well. Yeah. What about say do as they do in the workplace when disagreements come up? So yeah. say you're working with Mabel and she's like, you know what? I would really love to have orange and blue eyeliner today. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I don't know if that's gonna work. Do you always feel that you can be like? Because when you're working with talent, sometimes there is this feeling and maybe a pressure sometimes I guess to be like yep let's just green light everything you want to be scared to disagree yes yeah so I think it's really important not to be afraid to disagree because when someone books you they book you as the expert they book you as the professional so I've so if you can't turn around and say I don't think that's going to work today because it will clash with your outfit it might not translate well in camera it might not flash properly it's your job as a makeup artist to say that to them. Now, if they still go, okay, cool, I still want it, you've done your job. But if you don't and it doesn't work, then it's kind of your fault, really, because you've, you. yeah, it's on you. It's like going to a hairdresser and saying, I want to dye my hair this color. And they saying, okay, and you look at it, you're like, well, it doesn't work. It doesn't look good with my skin tone. It's the hairdresser's job to say, okay, well, let me tell you that I don't think this will look good for x y z reasons and if you decide to go ahead with it that's that's on you do you know what i mean because obviously you've got to respect people's um respect people's desires if that's what you want Mm -hmm. i could only advise you as a professional but also i've got to give you a reason as to why i don't think it's going to translate whatever that might be um so yeah that's what you've got to do as the makeup artist take ownership is that the right word leadership something like that yeah it's your area of expertise yeah so you've got to be able to and I think I've got more confident with that as I've gone on in the industry I'm more confident with being able to say I don't think that's going to work because you totally trust your judgment of you've been in this situation before and I've learned from it and and I think confidence comes with with the amount of time you've been doing what you've been doing do you know what I mean Uh a lot of practice a lot of um trial and error and doing all of that because I've been doing this now since I literally professionally started working at 19 or 20 and I'm 32 now so it's 12 years of like doing it and learning camera and learning lighting and learning how things flash and look at nighttime with a pap cam you know what I mean colors knowing color theory a color wheel there's so much that goes into it so it's it's so interesting because it's not like just an orange liner it's how does like orange blend in with that color how does it photograph this there's a lot what's the set looking like the colors what's the set looking like but if someone says we can always hold ideas for future so i would always be like oh let's hold on to that for something else you know what i mean yeah 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 Yeah. so it sounds like your job one day is never the same as the next day Mm. and it's not like, say, a nine-to-five office job where you always sit next to Pete on one side and Wendy on the other. Like, yeah. your team is constantly revolving. Yeah. The locations you're at, it's not like you've just got, like, a filing cabinet with all your stuff in it. Yeah. How com- how much sort of complicated, more complicated does that make what you do? Um, this is what I love about my job. It doesn't make it complicated. It makes it really exciting. And I've thrived off that because I don't think I now can be in one place every day I think I'd go insane I love the fact that we're shooting in different locations different places we're traveling the world um that for me is 
one of the best parts of my jobs. Just the fact that I'm not in one place every single day. And again, it sounds like you've had so much experience that you know that worst come worst case scenario, you forget something, you're gonna be fine and you can improvise on set. If I forget if say like you've got in your kit, you open up your kit and you're like, Oh my goodness, I haven't got this brush or whatever, this one yeah. product maybe now you feel that you've got enough experience over the years to be like, I can deal with it. Yeah, you can totally deal with it. I um I think as an artist, it's also our job to learn how to, for example, if you've left a mascara at home, slipped your mind, how to turn an eyeliner into a mascara. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's really, that is a really good thing. It's a really good skill. It's good to learn it. For example, if you don't have a particular eyeshadow in, in like in your kit or you've left it at home or I don't know, you're on a flight and your bag hasn't arrived, how to tackle those little things Has by mixing. Happened? Do you know what? That's not happened to me, but I know a lot of people that's happened where they're flying and they their kit hasn't arrived. They're doing a red carpet in another country with an with, you know, an A-list actress or an A-list musician and their kit hasn't arrived and they're in the middle of I don't know, some other country oh, that there's no Mac goodness. and no Bobby Brown, so they're 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 really stuck. So I've always heard those situations and always thought, what am I gonna do if I'm ever in that situation? So what I do when I fly is I pack a hand kit of powders. So not liquids, powders, and I put my brushes in my bag. So it's almost like an emergency mm-hmm. kit. So that if that kit doesn't arrive or it gets stuck in the airport or whatever goes to another country, because these things do yes. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have that little something you've got plan b you've got plan b always and if i don't do that i get the worst amount of anxiety because that can happen yes you're full of hacks then about how to make it work yeah just think of stuff like that and that just comes from talking to friends in the industry that that's happened to and they've had to go to like a drugstore like a boots or somewhere in another country and like put things together because they can tell you if your bag is on the plane they can actually when you go through the airport when you get to the gate they've got they went they can tell you if your suitcase has boarded the aircraft i did not know that yeah so i always ask them mm. and that puts my mind at rest i'm like yeah, it's, it's coming yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all coming with yeah. me so it sounds like as well as sort of working all over the uk you've flown all around the world so you yeah. must have had some like do you ever have scenarios where you're literally flying into somewhere to do makeup and then hopping back on a plane to like leave the country again? Yeah, I did that. I did that this year in February. So I boarded a flight from London, nine o'clock to get to Qatar. Got to Qatar 5 a.m. No sleep. Um, and then I got off, 8 a.m. started work. <laughs> Worked the whole day. Finished at eight, got to the airport at 11 and flew back to London. So I didn't even sleep in Qatar. And Qatar's in the Middle East. It's like far, it's like nine hours away. So coffee was your friend that day. Yeah, but I find it quite hard to function without sleep. I've realized that I don't think some people can function without Mm -hmm. sleep. I know people that are like, I haven't slept for four days, but I'm all right. If I don't sleep a day, I'm a mess. Yeah, cranky. Cranky, shaky hands. <laughs> like, I start seeing double of everyone. Like, two eyes start looking like four. Not helpful for a makeup artist. <laughs> Not helpful. So I definitely thought 
next time I would always try and stay a day because you can say oh I want to come back the day yeah. after if you're if you're flying in it yeah you could always say um oh I want to come back like 24 hours later and just get us a, a sleep in it's also I find it quite challenging to do the best job that I could do when I've not slept properly because mm-hmm. you're physically not in a you've got to physically be well rested drink enough water like fit like you're in yourself you've got to be really healthy and good to because you're painting you know what I mean it's like when you're painting a face it's like you're painting a canvas so imagine trying to create something paint something beautiful when your eyes are like red and like yeah jittery you know what I mean and you're painting a face that quite often with you is going to go out in front of absolutely. like thousands 10 million people and yeah. then online live again online absolutely. in the papers the next day yeah 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 totally so out of all the years you've been doing makeup yeah. and the incredible array of people you've worked with is there one event or sort of one makeup look that you've done that stands with you as like yeah the cherry on top of my career that was like a highlight right. yes okay so um Last year, I um, did the Victoria's Secrets runway show with the incredible Charlotte Tilbury, who's my muse. Uh I've always looked at Charlotte Tilbury, like, everybody has a muse, and she's my muse. And I um, remember um, being with a client and getting an email about doing the Victoria's Secrets runway show in New York. And I remember before this, I was talking to my friends like, oh my God, the Victoria's Secret show is happening in New York. Like everyone wants to work on it. Yeah. But you're like, well, it's in New York, I'm in London. Like, how's that gonna work? Like, who, who who's doing it? Yeah, How am I gonna get the there? To, like, who hey. do you, yeah, who do you kind of put yourself forward to? Who do you send the email to? And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like that is what I want to do. Cause that is, I call it like the Disney of, of shows. Uh-huh. It's like seeing it on TV is incredible, but imagine being in that environment. It's like, Heaven. gives me chills talking about it. Your happy place. My happy place. So I remember getting an email um, around September time or October time about doing it and being on Charlotte's team to do Victoria's Secrets, I was like, I am there. Sent the email twice, (laughs) just in case it didn't go through once. (laughs) So you say like you open your inbox and you see like Victoria's Secret fashion show. That's what I thought. I was like, I saw saw Victoria's Secrets in the title. I I just literally, literally died. I was like, I knew what it was. As soon as I got that title in my inbox, you confirm not once but twice. I, I thought, <laughs> let me double send this email just in case it I'm doesn't be go there. through. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. And did it live up to all the expectations? Absolutely. It was it was the best day ever. It was the most awesome environment to work in, the most inspiring. It it is definitely the highlight of 2019 because they're not doing any more shows. I, I wish they did another show. But um, yeah, that is definitely, um, I mean, there's so many highlights of my career. It's really, it's really hard to pinpoint one, but Victoria's Secrets was definitely one that I will always remember. Mm-hmm. Because it was such a bucket list thing. Yeah. And you know, when you did Victoria's Secrets, everyone's like, oh my God, it's, 
such a buzz like just posting a Victoria's Secrets image on Instagram and everyone's going yes. crazy for it like oh my god because it's all people talk about in the few days beforehand yeah. and the days afterwards like it's a massive event yeah it's a massive event the buzz continues and um yeah to be to be picked for that and chosen for that was is is amazing I was watching it the other day on TV on YouTube do you watch I was gonna say do you watch it back yeah I watch it back it feels amazing and I did it once in London in 2016 or 2015 I can't remember but there was a year it was in London in Elf's Court but anyway they've knocked that down I don't know if they're making houses there but I did that in 2016 but I don't have much memories because that was quite a while ago now but the New York one was spectacular and when so you say like if it's on a Friday that Thursday night when you're going to bed can't sleep yeah you cannot sleep Adren- is, adre- is that the word? Is that the yes. right word? Adre- adrenaline does not let you sleep. Anxiety as well. Yeah, but more adrenaline mm-hmm. doesn't let you sleep. No way. I can never sleep the night before something really big because I'm like thinking. I'm yeah, like, I I'm feel just sick thinking. in my stomach for you. I'm like yeah. I can not sleep tonight. If no, I knew no, I was no. Did not sleep. Secret tomorrow. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't sleep. Oh my god, that feeling. <laughs> just having that feeling. So if we park that for a moment and flip the question yeah. on his head, that was the highlight of your career. Yeah. What does a really bad day at work look like? A bad day at work that comes to my memory has got to be at Fashion Week where we had a ton of models. They're about to go on the runway. A model came in really late. We had just under 10 minutes to do hair, makeup, and dress her. I feel sick for you. Yeah. And it's not like there's no, oh, I don't think this is going to work. It's It has to work. So you jump on that model. There's someone tugging hair. You can, I could do something in 10 minutes if I had to, if you're dead still. Uh-huh. But now you've got two people blow drying hair and it's pulling back sort of moving her face around. moving her face model obviously flustered yeah. from the fact that she's late from another show because it's a big show for her it's a big yeah. show for her and also me feeling the pressure of well this has to look good and i don't think people no one's going to be like oh well you had 10 minutes no one, no one sees what goes on behind the scenes they yeah. only see oh, if that doesn't look right... Yeah, they they'd... care about what everybody gets to see. Yeah, exactly. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I don't know how I can do this. I'm not trained for this. But um, I had to do it. And I thought, in that moment when you just think, look, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to make this work. And it's going to be fine. That's when you're nervous, but you, you've got to say things to yourself to to make it work you know and um yeah in those kind of environments where it's almost impossible because I think doing makeup in 10 minutes and not just a natural makeup a full look like a red lip a smoky eye lashes mascara all of that in 10 minutes with someone like constantly with the head moving yeah but it's when you get when you can do things like that it's those tricky situations that make you a better artist because when you think about it if you can work in that environment you can work in any environment so my advice to always to makeup artists that reach out to me on instagram and they might email me or they might say what's you know can i get some advice my advice is always you know 
do makeup try and do makeup time yourself when you do makeup do makeup in 10 minutes do makeup the back of a car do makeup with really bad lighting because you're going to be in situations where you've got terrible lighting you've got two minutes to do it but you cannot compromise the quality of your work that's what makes you a good that's what makes you a really good makeup artist what's that saying you can work in that environment never makes a skilled sailor Right, so I like that. You need the waves, you need to have gone through all those turbulences. Yeah, and that's so true. That's I like that saying. <laughs> have you done makeup in the back of taxis? Then I have. I absolutely have. I've done makeup in a back of a taxi. Not not taxi, like a car. Um, because we was coming off a flight and the flight was late and we had to get to the show. We didn't have time to go to the hotel and get change. And those things now excite me. You know, yeah. it's now like... Game on. Yeah, and then, yeah, that excites me and it's a challenge and I love a challenge. Um, and then I think, well, if I can do that, I could do anything. And, and then, things make, yeah, you just... Your confidence grows from things like that, you know? And then does it feel even sweeter when you see the finished look, knowing the stress that went into it? Absolutely, absolutely. And when you're like, I did that in 10 minutes in the back of a car and it still looks good, you just give yourself a little pat on the back. Yeah, you need the pat on the back. Yeah. And a drink of wine or something. And a drink of wine <laughs> straight after. <laughs> when, say, because you've done, I know you've done makeup, like you said, for Victoria's Secrets, you've done yeah. Mabel's makeup for the Brit Awards. When you see your finished work, out on the runway out on the stage or I know you did Mabel's makeup for the Nike campaign yeah so you see that on a billboard yeah how does that make you feel it's such a proud feeling it's an it's the best feeling of all feelings because you're you know you come out of a Bond Bond Street station and you see a massive billboard and it's your work and it feels so good because you're like everyone that's passing by you're like that's my work and it feels so so good I love I love that and I am I was traveling not long ago I was in the airport and I saw my work on a big billboard and I was like oh my god like it just feels so good and you feel so proud that you you were part you were part of that process and do you feel that you get the kind of appreciation and acknowledgement do you deserve or when you're going past that billboard on Bond Street do you want to be shouting like that's I did that everybody my name should be out there <laughs> not really I never feel um no I don't um I know I've I've done it and I think the person whose makeup I've done knows that I've done it and I think just the power of knowing um that's enough for me you and know. the doors that opens yeah I just think as long as you know the talent knows you've done it I don't feel like anyone else needs to know it doesn't matter that yeah that I don't I don't ever that has never crossed my mind I'm just grateful to be doing it you yeah, know what I mean yeah 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 just really really grateful and humble to be part of such awesome projects and when you look and I'm not the talent it's about them do you know what I mean it's yeah. not it's it's about them and I think it's that's what's really important yeah. I don't ever think that yeah when you think about the future is there any particular clients that you're like I really want to work with you or the equivalent of a Victoria's Secret show where you're like that yes I will one day do the makeup for that event yeah I mean there's things that you look at and you're like oh I would love to work with that person or I would love to work with this person do you have a list of people that you're like goal clients, people whose faces I really want to do up? 
I do. I have I have I have a list of people that I would love to work with. I kind of keep that in my my head. I'm like, oh I'd love to do that and I look at people's makeup and I'm like, oh I think I'd be a really good fit for that person. So that always um crosses my mind. Definitely. And then how do you kind of step your way there? How do you, so you have someone in mind, how do you make it happen? That's hard because you can't really, like, if you think of someone that you want to work with, I mean, I mean, we're five, they say we're five people away from, what's the word? Everyone in the world, aren't we? Yeah, so I feel like if I know someone, and also we're so connected, the industry's so connected, so I feel like if there's someone that I would like to work with and one of my friends might know their team, I might just be like, hey, if the chance comes up. Yeah, not what you know, who you know. Yeah, put me forward. So we always end the podcast with a piece of wisdom you've been given by someone you work with and you have access to some incredible people. So out of all the people you've worked with, maybe it's someone who you've done the makeup for or maybe it's someone you've assisted, can you think of a piece of wisdom that you think we should all have in our lives? Yeah. So I um I worked with an amazing makeup artist called Hannah Murray at the Topshop show. Um, I'd worked with her on quite a few seasons of the Topshop runway show at Fashion Week. And I remember the look was a really, really intricate eyeliner with a really, really intricate lip. And I remember it being quite specific. You know, it wasn't just an eyeliner. It was quite a really intricate, fine detailed eyeliner. Yep. And at Fashion Week, um, you know, you have to make sure the looks are uniform. So they've got to be exact. They every can't, model. every model has to be exactly precise and everyone's got different faces. So sometimes it's really hard to make things look 100% exact. But I remember Hannah, I remember just thinking, I just remember Hannah looking at my face and she was like, Maria, do not overthink. I don't want you to overthink this makeup. Just do it. No overthinking. And that changed my entire perspective on makeup. I remember I took that advice and I put it into place for every single makeup I did because I'd realized that overthinking was what made me feel nervous Mm -hmm. in times that I might have felt nervous. Overthinking made me not be able to create art and makeup freely because I was overthinking everything. I'm generally an overthinker. Yep. And being an artist, we've got brains that are a little bit more overactive than um, than most people. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to overthink it. And I just painted it. It just, my hand was doing the work. And once I took my brain out of it, as an artist, you've got this natural, you know, yeah, the flow. flow. Yeah. And I remember doing it and thinking, oh my God, I'm not overthinking makeup. Like, Ultimately, your job can yeah. be fun. So make it fun. Make it fun. Yeah, take this, like take the seriousness out of it it's makeup we're meant to have fun with it we're meant to enjoy it you know what i mean like use it as a tool to enjoy yourself to create beautiful makeup to connect with people to make people feel good we don't need to overthink makeup there's too many things in lives that in our lives that we have to overthink about anyway you are so right you know what i mean like makeup should be the last thing to overthink so thank you hannah murray for giving me an advice that will stay with me for the rest of my life.
A big thanks to Maria for chatting with me. I learnt a lot and will probably spend the next hour re-watching all of Mabel's performances, paying extra attention to that eyeliner. If you made it through to this point, thank you. You must have been somewhat entertained. So please subscribe and spread the word. There's so much more to come on Who You Don't See, including a chat with Little Mix's backstage photographer, Callum Mills. That'll land in your podcast apps next week, so hopefully I'll see you then.